Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Down the right field line, into the corner, off the bat of Edmund. One run is in. Kisner being waved in. The throw to the plate, not in time. Edmund drives in two. And Goldie lifts a high fly ball. Out to deep right. At the wall. Off the top of the wall. One run is in. That's Edmund. Here comes Dylan Carlson. Save at the plate. Goldie drives in a pair. Martinez thanking his infielders as well he should. And Andrew Kisner. Well done, Carlos. I think uh, the tsunami is coming again. Oh, the tsunami is coming again. How about that? Well, we do have a lot of rain in the forecast for yeah. today. That's, I guess he's uh, he is he's right on point. The tsunami is coming. It's going to rain a lot today. One way or another, he is absolutely correct. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping it's the other tsunami that maybe, you know, Carlos Martinez is getting back on track. That's back-to-back really good starts, and he was terrific last night. Welcome into the... Danny Mac Show. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That is BK, Brandon Kylie, Tanner with us as well. It's raining outside. Hopefully we get the game in tonight. If we do, Johan Oviedo will make that start. But uh, I'll tell you what, BK, as much as we talked about Wayno getting pulled or not getting pulled in the ninth, we need, we got to dive into this again. No. <laughs> We're not going down there. No, no, no. I can't believe they took him out. One walk, one walk, and he's out of the I'm kidding. Uh, it was the right decision. That there is clearly a distinction that I am even willing to make between Carlos Martinez Me and too. Adam Wainwright. Me it was too. the right call. They go to the right guy in Gallegos and a huge win for the cards once again. 618 says doubles are exciting and uh, they're more exciting than home runs. Well, yesterday the Cardinals came in 26th in the league in doubles. And we mentioned it yesterday on the show. When they homer, they win. So if you're not going to homer, you got to get some type of production or at least slug. And they got that. They got a couple of uh, doubles from Arenado. They got one from Tommy Edmond. They got a key one late on the first pitch to Paul Goldschmidt with two runners on. So the, the thing that I saw last night where it all came together, this was what the Cardinals, I, I would say if you're going to take any game this year, BK, and correct me if I'm wrong, I know you dive into this stuff as well as anybody. I think if you're going to say, okay, this is what we want as Cardinal baseball or what we expect. Now, it's not always going to work, but if things go to plan, last night was the game. And here's why I would say that. Even though you didn't hit a home run, you had the big guys step up. So Arenado, Goldschmidt, Tommy Edmond, two hits. So your leadoff hitter gets on. Uh, Your starting pitching goes deep. Seven and a third with Carlos Martinez. We've said we believe a strength of this team is going to be the bullpen. So what happens with the runner on? Giovanni Gallegos comes in, gets a ground ball, three pitches, gets a double play. He's out. Alex Reyes scoreless ninth. And the other part that I loved and the other factor of this team, even though they did commit two errors, but let's bring it into the infield. The infield defense last night was spectacular. Every guy had a really good play and one that stood out and the one that really stands out 
obvious is Nolan Arenado. What a play he made. So I think I'm going to take full credit on this, Dan, because I think it was a week or a week or two ago. I told you, hey, you know, that that great play by Nolan Arenado. We need we to have just, a signature play. We just haven't seen it yet. And since then, we've seen at least two from yeah. him. And last night was definitely one of them. That was among the best plays that you're going to see defensively this year in baseball, much less by the Cardinals. I was saying with Carriker and Smallman on the crossover. So to put it in perspective, essentially, he went the length of a basketball court, not quite the full length, but almost to make that play. Yep. And uh, Jimmy and I were talking about it on and off the air. If you watch in slow-mo, his eyes never deviated from the ball. And so it's kind of like an outfielder going up against the wall. You know, you're trying to feel for the the track. You'll feel the difference coming off grass to the track. And if he deviates one, one split second, that's a split second of a half foot maybe. And you don't make that play. You needed every part of it. It was just an incredible play. Incredible play. Nolan Arenado's spatial awareness is top-notch. It's among the best that you're going to see in the league. And that that comes into play whenever you're talking about a, uh, a signature play like what we saw last night from him. It's also just anywhere that he is on the field. I mean, he the way he takes ground balls Love is even it. a little bit different. He is charging he at is. them aggressively in a way that you rarely see, especially from third baseman. So it, it comes into play all the time with him, but it certainly was on display there. Found it interesting, and I've been taking note of this uh really since he got to St. Louis. I, I just try to watch him, what he does in between innings and things of that nature. And if I'm at the ballpark early, I can see him take some ground balls. Uh, Tommy Edmond mentioned it yesterday, and I hadn't really put two and two together, but he said when he was watching Arenado, because I asked him, I said, well, what, what do you see in his preparation, that kind of thing? He said he never takes a day off with his arm. And that's the other thing I like, to your point, and I'm in complete agreement, he's almost unorthodox in how he takes ground balls, like how he charges so much. The other thing I think he's a little unorthodox with is that a lot of times he'll get it, kind of crow hop or gather, then throw. He throws kind of off balance a little bit and just fires a laser to first. I mean, his arm is so strong, but how he does it, it's unorthodox, but yet, what are you going to say? Don't do it? Right. It's worked. It's the NFL draft coming up tomorrow, and so you're going to hear a lot over the next 24, 48 hours about off-platform throws, right? These quarterbacks that are... I don't want to hear about it. I, I hear you. They're on their back foot and all of these different things. Like you said, unorthodox. That is Nolan Arenado. Yeah. That's how he plays. And you would not coach anybody up to do it that way. You don't. That's not teaching tape for, for young kids. But for him, it works. Yes. It's the way that he's always done it, and it is the way that he's become one of the best third basemen defensively we've seen. Let's go back to Carlos Martinez and his manager, Mike Schild. It's been on the horizon. And, uh, the tsunami. Coming ashore. Um, last outing was fantastic, and, and – uh, you know, definitely made some uh, inland waves tonight. Um, I'm going to stay with that analogy. So, really good again. Um, we were actually talking on the mound when we went to take him out in the, in the eighth with uh, the infielders. And you're like, man, just how good this guy's been all year. A couple of innings that haven't been great. But you take those out, which I, I know we can't. But, you know, you look at the body of work. It's been pretty impressive. He's been one of the better guys, really. Um, in the league, actually, if you look at it from that perspective. Yeah, really good tonight. Take a couple innings out. It's what it could have, should have. But I understand the point he's making is that, for the most part, he's been fairly consistent. He was also very good at the end of spring training. So his last two starts, 13 and a third BK, six hits, two earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. 
And finally, Carlos Martinez has a win as a starter for the first time since 2018. You know, the the, the win for the pitcher's been minimized, but let's don't kid ourselves. The pitcher's, you know, it matters. Um, those guys want to get their, their wins, and you know, he's no different. So I'm sure he feels good. He should feel good. We feel good about the fact he went out and competed really well, and we were able to bring it home with him. You know what I really liked, too, yesterday? I thought it was really cool that he did this. And a lot of times a manager will come out, take the ball, give him a little pat on the back if he's had a good outing. And in St. Louis, if he's had a good outing, he's going to get a standing O. He's going to get a huge ovation from the crowd. So the infielders are kind of off the mound a little bit, maybe one foot on, but they're not all gathered at the rubber. He made a point to go to each guy and handshake them and thank them for what they did yep. and Kisner. I, I thought I just it just took me by surprise a little bit. It was you don't see that every day. And I thought that's cool. He recognizes that these guys played so well behind him to give him this chance to earn that win. I, I just thought that was cool. It was awesome. And he was locked in from start to finish yesterday. And that's the highest of compliments that you can give to Carlos Martinez. When he is on, he has that kind of potential. And this is why throughout the offseason, when there were calls, trade him for a bag of balls, just get rid of him. We don't... He has number two starter upside. We've seen it. It's there. He's one of the very few guys on this staff that has done it before that can do it again if he puts everything together. And the biggest thing for him is making sure that he is fully engaged and... This is the part that doesn't get talked probably enough. It's the health. If he is healthy, he can look the way that he did last night. And Dan, one thing that I also think we need to give credit for, like he did there, is Dandrew Kisner. Yep. Called a great game last night. And I also wonder, this is just a theory by me. I do wonder if with Kisner behind the plate, Carlos is a little bit more engaged because now he is more involved in calling the game. I don't know that to be true, but I am curious about that because he also called his last game as well. Kisner was behind the plate for that one as well. So here's what I think. And I I mentioned this on the game. A lot of times guys will not um, shake off Yachty. And and I totally get it. I mean, Yachty's been around for almost two decades. He knows the league. He studies the league. Totally understand that. Sometimes, though, I do like it when a pitcher shakes off a catcher because they have to have the conviction. I always use that word. It's the conviction of the pitch. It's their pitch. They're going to take the W. They're going to take the L. Or they're going to get hit. Or they're not. And I thought last night, actually, he was shaking them off a bunch, which is fine. It's it Being on the same page is great. You know, Bob Gibson and Tim McCarver were basically not putting signs down because they knew each other so well. And we've seen that at times with Wayno and Yachty. And, and Yachty with a lot of other guys. So this is not to disparage the catcher that's behind the plate. But what I'm saying is sometimes it's good that that guy feels like, no, no, no. I'll give you a good example. Harper. Harper was up and they went with a fastball. And I thought, "Uh oh, this is trouble because this guy is demolishing fastballs. Mm -hmm. And he had a little extra on it and he elevated and he got 95 on it and blew it by him. And I thought, that's great. You know, that's that was the conviction of that pitch that he wanted. If a pitcher has conviction, bring it and I'll take my chances with that last question for you that I had on on Carlos because I was looking into the numbers today and I was surprised to see this do you know he's thrown his cutter 23% of the time this year yeah he has prior to this year never thrown it more than 16% in any season and the last two years he threw like four cutters total do you think that's something that's maybe helping him as well as implementing that more often? I, I, I thought that. I also thought back thought that he reached back on his fastball a couple of times that he had not been doing last year. Like when he's in the bullpen, 
So you know you're going in for three outs, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to let it rip, let it fly. A lot of times pitchers, they're going to save some bullets. You know, it's more about control, that kind of thing. Always want control. But I, I like that he's using, incorporating the cutter, but it's all established with the fastball. You know what I mean? He's pitching yep. off that. And that, to me, is what I thought was really cool in watching him last night. I, again, I go back to that Harper at bat, and I'm like, okay. He's got I mean, it's in the tank there if he wants it. And he's he thrown let it, it rip. a ton to lefties. So I'll be exactly. interested to see what that means for him to be able to get lefties out consistently throughout the year. That, that'd be huge if it is a pitch that he can use consistently. Are you ready to uh, visit with ball game? I can't wait. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Been working really hard to try to get this guest. This was a tough one, BK. This was a tough one to the point that I said, uh, well, we brought you up on the, the broadcast. And I think Jimmy said, well, well that am was I gonna your be... first mistake. <laughs> he said, what are you going to be on? Or uh, what am I going to be asked on the show? I said, you want to come on tomorrow? He goes, OK, great. And that's how we booked him. Uh, Jim Edmonds, who is also working very hard to keep his body in shape, just texted me and said, how long do you want to do this? Because I'm at McDonald's before my workout. Uh, Jimmy, great to hear you. How you doing, buddy? Um, picking up my uh, egg McMuffin with no cheese right now. Well, that's not a that doesn't sound like a, a you know a pre pre workout meal for one of the elite athletes that we've had here in St. Louis. Well, you know, once upon a time there was this thing called elite athlete. Now I'm a broadcaster and I fluctuate in weight. You know, kind of untimely weight I put on and take off, but you know what I mean. Oh, I understand that. I don't do that at all. I've been really <laughs> safe the entire time. <laughs> Uh, Jim Edmonds is our guest, and uh, always fun to visit with Jimmy. <clears throat> By the way, hey Tanner, do you have the Arenado highlight? I don't know. If yeah, you've we've got, got it. that in the system for sure. Okay, here, here's oh, the. Oh uh, God, what I what I do wrong now? Go ahead and listen to yourself here, and then I want to get your reaction. It's a great call. I, I don't know what Dan's referencing here. Don't listen to me. Just listen I, to the guy in the background. Hold on, Jimmy. We're getting to it right now, and um, yeah, you you. This, uh, this, can't, this can't be good. No, this was great. I don't know if you knew you did this. Tanner, are you ready? Here it is. Nolan Arenado. Done for Harper. It's a fly ball. Left side, Arenado racing after it. Oh, he got it! Oh, what a play! Nolan Arenado with his back to the infield. The shift was there. Long way to go. Nolan being Nolan. Do you hear yourself in the back? Ah, in the background. That got you even by surprise, didn't it? You know what? I, I mean... I like. I don't know what to do. Like, I'm supposed to let you talk. I'm supposed to let you be magnificent all the time. I get reprimanded by the bosses for stepping on your toes. I get excited once in a while. What do, I, what do you want me to say? Well, what did you think of the play? It was pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty good. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, like, I got excited because from our vantage point and, like, what we were talking about last night, you can't imagine – in a game situation with Bryce Harper hitting, who you're just kind of probably more relaxed at third base, waiting for him to launch a ball into the right field stands. He hits a pop-up, and he literally runs the length of the field. I mean, he runs 93 feet, but if you look at it, 93 feet in that scenario seems like a lifetime. And both of you, from our vantage point, see the ball go up, and I think he's not going to catch that. And then I think... He's getting closer, and I think he's not going to stop. And I said, he's going to catch that. So within four seconds, all those 
thoughts go through my mind, and I'm sure with you too, but you're so busy gabbing and yelling at the play what? that I can't say anything, so then I just go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Jim, we're no, out. To be honest, by the way, all kidding aside, I mean, like, I'm, I have so much fun working with you, and that play was so insane. And, yeah, once in a while, I get caught up being a fan. I get caught up being a dad for some of these kids. I get caught up being a coach. And every now and then it comes out, but you're not, you're not kidding. That was probably the best play I've seen so far this year. We're now 23 games into this Nolan Arenado experience, and it's lived up to every possible ounce of hype that we heard about him. What's been your biggest takeaway? I'd love to hear from you on his defense, because we've talked so much about the offensive side of things. What have you seen from him so far defensively that has stood out to you? No, we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, we haven't seen anything yet. Am I right, Danny? I agree. I mean, we've had, we were just talking about that. We're waiting for like that signature play. We got the first one out of the way last night, but I'm with you. We haven't had a lot of those diving attempts yet, and just wait till he does a backhand and foul territory, that kind of stuff. I, I'm with you. I think it's 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 going to happen. There's no doubt. Yeah, hard to say that he's going to live up to the hype day in and day out, but I'm telling you what, um, if you didn't know about the money and people weren't so quickly to jump on athletes for making too much money, you would bet that this guy's worth every penny just to go watch him play. And so, yeah, I think so-called living up to the hype is one thing, but I'm just telling you right now, he's a special player, and those don't come around very often. I know a lot of people, and you have great perspective on this, and I, I, I think we've talked about it um, on the broadcast, but I, I want to get you on the radio to talk about this. You saw Scott Rowland firsthand, so this is the second coming of Scott Rowland. What do you see in, in terms of how you compare these two and what they do right, what they do equal, what one does better, that kind of thing? Well, I think it's funny because I think, and I don't know how this could be even possible, but I think their mannerisms on defense are pretty similar. They're both big, but they both have that. I mean, you know what I'm talking about with that play last night, that I can't reach uh, backhanded and still run full speed. It's like kind of that last second, um, throw your glove out, but swipe across because you can't really just judge exactly where it's at. So I'm going to cover everything and catch this ball. Um, Those kind of moments are what Scott used to do best. And I don't know if it's fair to compare him to Scott Rowland because I'm sure if you ask him, he's going to say he's better than Scott Rowland. So I just think, like like I said, and I don't know any – and this is a Tony LaRusso quote. I don't think you see these kind of people come across your view very often. And, and I'm – you know, there's a few guys that I'm going to miss, but I'm going to say, like, Albert Pujols, you know, Scott Rowland on defense, and, and this guy. Like, they're special people and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. We're talking to Jim Edmonds here on 101 ESPN. Jim, another guy that's been unbelievably impressive so far this season is Dylan Carlson. He just looks comfortable at the plate in a way that I'm not sure he ever truly did last year. What has stood out to you about his progress from what we saw last year to where he is right now at the plate? His ability to uh, make adjustments on the fly, his ability to learn, his ability to want to learn, and his calmness, I think that, you know, I don't, I, I don't had, we saw frustration last year, but he never really looked like he was losing it. But you could tell he's frustrated. This guy is a talent. This guy's another special player. I'm not going to put him on the level of these other guys yet, but he's a special individual because he's got all the tools. He's not flashy. He doesn't care about the fanfare. 
but what he does care about is getting better. And what we're seeing right now is a guy who wants to get better and has made tiny little adjustments in his game from talking to a couple of different players and different people, and he's applying them, and they're really taking effect really quick. You know, one of the, the really great things, let me pull the curtain back a little bit with working with Jim Edmonds. As we all know, as I say, he's a baseball savant. I got Edmonds. I got Albert, I got Yachty, and I got Chris Carpenter. They're at a different level when they look at the game. And now, Jimmy, you get the chance to look at all these advanced metrics, and you, I think you get a kick out of it. I, I, you dive into this stuff. But you were a guy, as a player, that would, as you just said, you would make adjustments on the fly. So we get all these numbers before games, and it does tell a story. You know, spin rate, what guys are doing at the plate, all these things. So how do you how do you try to carp, you know bring those in, compartmentalize those, and then actually be a baseball player? And how much? And, and a follow up to that would be, how much do you think these things are good, and how much do you think it's too much? Well, I think it's uh, you know me and Danny and, and think about what I'm saying here. I've changed a little bit when it comes to that. Correct? Absolutely, big time. And so. There's a guy by the name of Eduardo Perez who literally got me to be the player that I was offensively with helping me through some stuff, teaching me parts of the game that now I'm teaching everyone else, the tipping of the pitches, the how to get a good jump, how to do all these different things, how to professionally become better day in and day out uh, from double A on. And now he's doing the same thing for me in the broadcast. He has been doing it a little bit longer than me, but he's got such a baseball IQ that he's giving me ideas. He's giving me ways to present these ideas instead of just saying, hey, well, by the way, uh, so-and-so struck out 42 times that last 50. Um, he's basically telling me, you know, maybe he's struggling right now, and this is what I would do if I was the pitcher. And different ways of looking at things, I think the best thing he ever told me was we had a play, it was last night, I believe, Danny, when the ball was hit, and any ball that's hit that should have been caught. And I'm kind of a fine line. Now, I'm a coach in spring training. I'm a Hall of Famer with the organization. Um, I do all these things with these kids. I'm a mentor. I'm a friend off the field. Um, and I can't just be like, holy cow, we've got to catch that ball. And he said to me, when you know the ball should be caught, and they know the ball should be caught, you say, I bet you if you go down there and ask him, He'll say you should have caught that ball. And I thought, holy cow, I've never even thought of something like that. So I'm still learning every day. And the moral to the story is he's giving me some of these new um, websites and these new ideas to look at. And I've kind of found it interesting because when the game is moving at a good pace and we're clicking, Danny and I, and he's rolling and there's things happening, it's easy. But when it's a one nothing game and you got 15 strikeouts on one side and 10 walks on the other side and nothing's happening, no one's scoring, but all this stuff is just taking a long time. I find it fascinating to laugh about, oh, that ball would have only been out of four parks or that ball would have you know, been out of every ballpark in America, but ours are, are just the release point of some of these guys will tell the story of how hard he throws or how quick the ball jumps on some of these players. Like, it's not for me because I really, to be honest with you, don't care other than trying to help kids. I think it's fascinating for the fans, um, and I'm trying to help change the way I look at it so I can help the fans understand the metrics because to see some of those metrics on TV doesn't mean a damn thing, and it just used to drive me crazy. I'm with you. 
Jim, I am curious, though. One guy that we talked with yesterday was Tommy Edmond, and we talked to him about some of these metrics that you're referencing. And he's like, listen, I, I hear him. I, we, we utilize them, especially some of the expected numbers. But he's like, at the end of the day, I, I got to go out there and I got to hit. And I, so I'm, I'm not sure how much he's using them. But he did say he has changed a little bit his two-strike approach. And he was talking about how that's kind of maybe led to some of the lack of strikeouts for him. I'm curious, as you're watching Tommy Edmond this year, what are you seeing him, especially in those two-strike counts, that is working for Tommy Edmond? Well, first of all, he's one of my favorite players because I think that what he has done has pretty much um, overcome everything that could ever be said negative about him just because of his size. Uh, And if you watch him walk around, you're like, this guy can't be a big leaguer. And basically, he turned the organization upside down that spring training three years ago that when he played every day and had a chance to show his talent. So first of all, he is one of my favorite players to watch. Second of all, what he's done is he's just learned. I think he's always had it. And I think if you go back through the numbers, he's always been pretty good with two strikes. But the one thing that he does do, he'll take his chance on the first fastball to let it go because he knows he has some pop. And being a single hitter means you got to steal a base and have a chance to get thrown out. So he wants to hit a double. Second, after the first strike, he kind of slows down a little bit, but still aggressive. But after two strikes, he starts looking for the nasty pitch. And that way, you can he's trying to lay off pitches so he still can get a pitch to hit. And you can see just last night, uh, he just basically stayed through a fastball or a slider and hit a, and got jammed a little bit, but put the ball in play and got a base hit and started a little bit of a rally. So, like, he's done a fantastic job. I think he's always done what we're talking about, but I think he's more aware of it now. I really found it interesting the other day. We were talking about Albert Pujols, and I know you're very close with Albert. And I said, uh, do you think he's going to play next year? And you said, without hesitation, you go, absolutely. Absolutely, he's playing next year. And then we started looking at the numbers. He's closing in on Babe Ruth. He's he's closing in on 700 home runs. We, you know, We're talking about extra base hits with Babe Ruth. Um, it's crazy, the numbers that he's putting up. So... Uh, for our fans that maybe weren't watching the game but listening on the radio, what do you think about Albert and his potential future beyond this year? And, and you know Joe Madden well, too. So what do you think about that? Well, you just gave me massive goosebumps, and I'm driving to the gym. So that's how much I appreciate that guy and understand what he's done. I don't know if people really can fathom what it's like to be anywhere in the conversation with Babe Ruth because so fresh in our mind was Barry Bonds and talk about just being ridiculously talented he surpassed all these numbers so quickly that think about how long it took anyone to catch up to Babe Ruth and all these other guys so I think he's going to play I think he should play I think clearly he's going to need to be uh, in the DH situation a little bit because I'm sure it will be hard for him to play every day Um, I know he'll want to play most 90% of every game but I want to see it I want to see this guy that was so great at least not stop short of 700. I don't care if he if he ever breaks any kind of record, but to stop short of 700 and some of these other uh, RBI tolls and other things, I think it's just it would be a shame because when he's all said and done, I know the numbers were different here than they are there, but the numbers are the numbers, and that is what matters. And in 10 years from now, we're going to look back and go, one of the greatest players ever to play baseball was through St. Louis for, what, Danny, 10 years, 9 years, 11 years, I don't even know what it was, but we got to watch that. 
Jim, I'm not going to ask you where you think he could go. I'm not going to put you in that spot, but he is a free agent after this season. What do you think it would be like in a hypothetical world where the DH is implemented into the National League next year? I wonder where you're going with this. And he's going for 700. <laughs> what, what do you think it would be like in St. Louis if he were able to come back and play here for one more season? Well, I mean, it would be amazing. I kind of highly doubt that would ever happen. I think that uh, the Angels kind of realize what they have in front of them. I know Artie Marino loves Albert, and I know Albert loves Artie. So um, I, I think outside of um, just because I know them and the outside of our group and the ownership, and uh, I, I think highly of the uh, the owner in Milwaukee, and then I think he's right up there with these guys and probably one of the best owners in baseball and look what he's done for that franchise i don't think he lets him go i don't and i, I know he has incentives to, to cross all these lines but i have a hard time saying or thinking that if you have a guy like albert Pujols, Artie marino being a minority owner so to speak lets a minority go while he's about to cross the biggest thresholds in all-time baseball history so i don't know if it'd be interesting but how great would it be to have him back here for a year or two it'd be amazing what does he bring inside of that clubhouse other than obviously the numbers, but just having a guy like Albert who sees the game the way that he does, what does that do maybe for some of those young guys that are in that clubhouse? Well, I think it really helps because he's, he's pretty open about helping, communicating, um, helping out the young player. I know he, he took a lot, of, uh, a lot in with him when he was young. So it's just always nice to have a veteran. I think the veteran presence is the thing that's missing in this league. Um, and the funny thing is, when our first strike in 1994, or lockout, vice versa, um, they said this is what they're gonna. This is the kind of the schedule that they're implementing. And over the years, the next couple, five, six, seven years, they said this is going to run either the middle level player out or the veterans out. And so, to be honest with you, I think it's kind of doing both, right? It's any mid level player kind of gets pushed to the side for a young player that's not as good, but way less money. And then the veterans, and I went through it myself, the veterans that are making a lot of money, after that money is gone, they go automatically almost right to the minimum, unless you're still in your prime. And because of what's going on around the league, you know, you're only getting one-year deals. But that's kind of the thing I ran into. I'm like, I just played X amount of years. I hit 20 home runs last year, and I really didn't have much of a deal. And because I was making – eight, ten million dollars a year and nobody really wanted to sign me and I was just like, okay, well I'll go home. Fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I here's my final question for you, Jimmy. Uh I don't know if I've asked you this. We we've talked about so much stuff, uh both on and off the air, some of it repeatable. And the thing that uh <laughs> and I you know, we watched Juan Soto come through St. Louis, so we've done a couple series with him. We got Bryce Harper here in town. I think he's must see T V if I'm watching a late-night West Coast game, I love watching Trevor Bauer pitch. I love seeing Otani. I love watching Albert still to this day. Um, who's the one guy for Jim Edmonds that you will stop and say, and you're sitting there with Landon and you're watching the game and you guys are, are flipping around and you go, oh, we got to stop. I don't care what's going on. Let's let's watch this one guy play. Who's that guy for you? Well, I think it's hard for me because, you know, I don't watch the game that much. And um, Now, Jimmy, you're an analyst on the Cardinals. You watch plenty of no, no, games. No, no. 
No, I'm saying like I don't watch other teams that much, and I don't watch Sports Center highlights anymore because once the kids go to bed, I'm so exhausted I can't keep my eyes open. So, um, I but you know what, the superstars are superstars for a reason. But there's only a few that I would like to watch. I think Mike Trout, obviously, if he was hitting, I'm stopping. Um, Bryce Harper, I'm stopping. Uh, Otani, I'm watching pitch and hit. Um, Acuna, maybe. To be honest. I'm going to watch him hit for sure. But other than that, like, I, I, yeah, I'm not, I can't really say like there's too many guys that will grab my attention because like I said, you know, I, I'm so out of the loop a little bit with the West coast games. But I'll tell you what though, must see TV is those two guys out in Anaheim and, and Bryce um, Acuna. I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, those are the best of the best right now, but they are the best of the best for that reason. And even for me to say to you, those guys would be worth watching. I mean, I think that's saying something because, like I said, I pretty much don't have time or would not stop to watch anything because of the kids' situation. But uh, I would definitely grab a hold of a couple of the little ones and be like, sit down for a second. I need to watch this. Yeah, I bet. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for doing this. Have a great workout. Digest that McDonald's. And uh, I'll see you at the ballpark tonight, and hopefully we stay dry. Yeah, bring your uh, bring your raincoat and your umbrella and maybe some, some Yahtzee or something, because I, I feel like if we go down there, we're going to be there for a while. We'll do it. We'll play a little Uno, a little Yahtzee. We'll have a grand time. All right. Talk to you soon. Okay, buddy. See That's, you guys. Bye. That's Thanks, Jim Edmonds. Appreciate it. The Cardinals Hall of Famer. What a beauty. I love that guy. I, I just, he was great when he was playing here. He was hilarious. And he was great to me when he was playing. And then when he got out of the game, we became close. He's one of my best friends in the world. Uh, he just, he, he's the best, man. He did, what you see is what you get. He's amazing. And he's honest. And I appreciate that yep. about him. And the other thing, you mentioned Bryce Harper. Dan, I love watching this guy. I like, do too. I, I know we saw Juan Soto. I really enjoyed watching Soto. There is something about watching Bryce Harper that is just tantalizing to me. Like, I I cannot take my eyes off of that dude when he is at the plate. It's he, incredible. He's got, like, the little uh, villain in him. Mm-hmm. Y- you want to not like him because he plays with an edge. But if he's on your team, he's the one that you love. When he's on the opposite team, you go, eh, I want to get that guy. I think the Cardinals of the Edmonds era had that. Like, yeah. I, they had villains, man. Tony La Russa was a villain. Dave Duncan was a villain. Albert, Yachty, Roland, Jimmy, Izzy. I, mean, I can go down the line. I mean, these are guys that the other team just, the, the other fan base hated. And there was a bunch of them. And it was so much fun. Because they'd go in there and kick your butt, too. It was amazing. And you need that in sports, right? Like, you, you look right now across baseball, and there is some of that with the Padres, I think. There are other fan bases that really dislike when their team goes up against the Padres because of the way that the Padres play. And it's different, right? Stylistically, it's a little different. Um, but th- there is some of that there, and I think the sport needs that. I love, I absolutely love watching him play. And when he's at the top of his game, it is unlike really watching just about anybody else in the sport. I agree. And right now he's locked in. Uh, Cardinals are seeing him at a time where his on-base percentage is right around 500. I think it was at like 450 going into play. 452 right now. Yeah, 450. So he's getting on base half the time. Somebody had just brought up another name, Chris Carpenter. Uh, Totally agree. I mean, he was a villain because he was nasty. Man, I I look back. like We had Walt Jockety on the uh, morning show the other day. And I asked Walt, I said, now that you have a chance to kind of step back and reflect on it, do you realize just how good those teams were? And he's totally right with this answer. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said, in the moment, 
you don't realize it. But now you reflect on it. You got Larry Walker, Hall of Famer. Edmonds, in my opinion, Hall of Famer. Cardinal Hall of Famer. I think he should be in baseball's Hall of Fame. Carpenter, you know, you got Molina, uh, Pujols going to the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland going to the Hall of Fame. Think about the collection of players that they put together. It was incredible. I mean, just look at that 06 team, right? We talk about them as being somebody that kind of backed into the playoffs, but you look at the talent. There was no backing into the World Series. They just needed to get healthy. And once they did, I mean, that team's as talented as anybody in the league, and we knew that at the time. And then you finally see it all kind of come together in the postseason. It was amazing what they were able to accumulate. We we might never see anything like that with those kinds of talents together again here in St. Louis. I hope we do, but it's really difficult to accomplish. I mean, BK, Ronnie Belliard, Hall of No, he was not a Hall of Fame, <laughs> but he made the play of the postseason. He did. Uh, we'll come back with more in just a moment. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. disappointed in the uh, Tanner update there. Why is that? Well, you gave the main sports headlines, which is good weather permitting, like that too. You're up to date. You just it's not a canned report. You know, Tanner has never paid more attention to the weather than he is oh over the next 7 or 8 hours. And BK is reading my mind because you didn't say to the listening audience, and by the way, I have a ticket and we'll be down there signing autographs and taking pictures. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't I won't be doing that because people won't recognize who I am, so But they'll recognize the voice. And well, especially when the moment I walk into that not? stadium. Exactly. <laughs> the moment I walk in that stadium, the first woo's coming. Are you oh, doing it? On. You're gonna go yeah, to Woo? I, because BK hates the Woo so, so much, bad. I'm starting it. Really? It, yes. I, I warmed up last night too. My grandma <laughs> told me to shut up. Give us uh give let's go. Oh, that's it. That oh, that, that, that's going to start right, right there. That, it's just all coming back into my head now. Getting headaches. I can't not. Flashbacks. The woo. Oh, boy. Yeah, the woo is uh, now prevalent and prominent in games late innings at uh, at the ballpark. Oh, yeah. It's T- there. Tonight it starts at whenever the gates open. Oh, you're, you're making that claim right up, right off the bat. Well, so one person's going to be doing it. I don't Tanner know if anybody told will me. follow. I may have to. Hold on. If we hear woos, I may have to say, hey, I just got a note from the leader of the woo gang, <laughs> Tanner Hendrickson. And Dan, enjoy your broadcast. Love you and Jimmy together. Uh, would you mind giving me a shout out? I may have to do it. Yeah. I, may have, I may have to do it. What do you want to be? Are you the leader of the woo gang or what are you? Uh, I don't want to be. I don't want to be deemed the leader. President, sure, I'll take president. That sounds good. President Look of the Woo. BK is like physically. BK sick. hates the Woo. I'm so disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed, man. Just disappointed. I feel like our show is better than this, Tanner. But apparently not. Apparently, I'm wrong. <laughs> now the woo, the woo starts. I love it. I think it's great. I don't like the Woo, but I think it's great that Tanner is now El Presidente. El Presidente work? That's fine, yeah. Uh, you tell me your official title, it'll make it on the air. I think it, it will be the president of the, uh, I guess the Woo Club's good. Woo Club. Okay, president of the Woo Club, Tanner Hendrickson. Something, there's got to be some kind of play on Wu-Tang Clan. There's got to be a way to do it. I just think you keep it simple so that people recognize Tanner Hendrickson as, what was it again? President of the Woo Club. President of the Woo Club, got it. That, that even rolls off the, the tongue, too, by the way. There's no tongue twister there. <laughs> oh, it is so bad. I'm with look, I'm with BK here, but uh if that means I can get you in the broadcast some way, I'm doing it tonight. 
Yeah, you got me in nice. last night, which was <laughs> that was a miracle. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's how we're going to do it. I got multiple texts last yeah. night. Hey, Good. did you know you were just named on the broadcast? Well, you asked a great question. I want to credit the I source. I appreciate that. BK texts me. He goes, I'm doing something. I'm doing a charity event. Did Dan just mention me on the broadcast? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you got a shout out, man. You weren't even there to hear the shout out? I was that's doing awesome. a fundraiser last night. And by the way, uh, just to kind of give a quick shout out on this, it was a mock draft that benefited um, the scholarship fund that they put in place at Howard University for my dear friend, Therese Paler, who passed away about a month ago now. Uh, if you want to check out the link to that, you can find it on my Twitter account. It's at BK Sports Talk. Any, any money that we can raise for this, it's an unbelievable cause and Therese would have been uh would have loved this but we did a mock draft last night and in, in benefiting that cause and so I'm sitting there like getting ready for my pick we're all telling stories about my dear friend Therese it's a bunch of guys that knew him in the business and then my phone's just blowing up hey you were just on the broadcast like what are you talking about you probably thought it was some nasty I stuff I was about to say <laughs> given what happened yesterday I was like oh god please say he didn't do something oh guys 618 President of the Woo in the Loo. There we go. I like that. That's it. Woo in the Loo. I need to make a note to that oh, one. God. President well, of- we're going to get t-shirts made for that for sure. I think 101 ESPN. Yeah. And maybe it should go Perfect. to the scholarship fund. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Let's do that. We'll make we'll t- turn a negative into a positive <laughs> here. We have um, to find a way. Tanner, by the way, is working on... I wanted to bring this up very quickly before we have to go, and I want to find out what's coming up on your show, but... The catcher last night, Andrew Kisner. This is why I love fans are back in the ballpark. And I know it's a little sappy, but that's what baseball is all about, right? You bring your family to the ballpark and you have fun and you enjoy yourself. So he's on deck and there's two little kids that were standing literally BK and Tanner the entire game. They're they're down in, right next to the backstop, the screen. And they are maybe three feet high. Okay, I mean, and I said to Jimmy, I go, no, Jimmy, they're actually standing. They're not sitting. Oh, I couldn't see him. And so he's on deck, and the kids are waving at him. And he turned around and waved to them. So now you got a fan for life. Then a foul ball came over towards the on-deck circle. And you can't just throw it into the stands because the backstop's there, and it goes all the way to the dugout. So he, he showed the kids the ball, and he said, I'm going to get you this ball. I could see him do it. He motioned that. And then the game ended. They're all coming off the field. They're going down the tunnel of the dugout, and you can see one of the little kids. He's probably about 15 feet away yelling at Andrew Kisner. Andrew Kisner had gone down. He stopped. He realized, oh, they got to get that ball. And he comes back and tosses them the ball. That's awesome. And these kids started jumping up and down like it was, you know, Santa Claus had come to town. That's the stuff that we had missed, and it's great having fans back in the ballpark. Again, a little sappy, but I think fans like to hear that stuff. That, those kids will remember that for the rest of their lives. There's they no will doubt. forever be, whatever Andrew Kisner does from here, whether it be in St. Louis, elsewhere, it doesn't matter. Those guys are going to be lifelong yep. fans of Andrew Kisner. And every time that they are asked about some of their early memories at the, the ballpark, they're going to be able to remember that moment. That's, That's their awesome. guy now. So very cool. Also want to mention, I was over at the headquarters of the home loan expert, uh, Ryan Kelly, and Randy will be there tomorrow. Ryan is starting a new foundation. Uh, he's done great work here in town. So just look at my Twitter page or ESPN 101 ESPN Twitter page. It has all the details that you can donate, and it goes all 100% to kids' charities here in town. So thank you to Ryan Kelly. Our thanks to Jim Edmonds. BK, great job. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Maybe we're talking a doubleheader tomorrow. Oh, no, Maybe. I hope not. Not the seven-inning double. You won't even be here because you'll be hanging out at Ballpark Village, you know. That's right, watching the Blues. Yeah, exactly. And hopefully going over to the Cardinal game. 
Hopefully. Hopefully. It could be a late night for you, so you'll probably call in sick. Uh, by the way, what do we have coming up on your show? Yeah, coming up today, we've actually got Brad Miller, uh, the former Cardinals third baseman, now Phillies left fielder. He's going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes. And coming up at 1.30, the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber. Awesome. Looking forward to that. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 10 on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.